listeners it is i golden jay coming to you on this wonderful friday morning with my guest chris scanling director of the bremen public library chris thank you so much for uh meeting with me this morning and just having a set down and and, and a chat so thank you so much well, I'm certainly honored to be with you today and that you've set aside time. Uh, I always get excited whenever I have the opportunity to talk about the library and services and hopefully spread the word to get more people through our doors. Right, exactly. Uh, as uh, as uh, I've never met Chris before, this is our first time kind of meeting. We, we did chat a little bit before we uh, started the actual interview. Uh, I, I did Facebook stalk you just so you know, you know, I was uh, <laughs> checking out uh, all of your Facebook posts, plus the Bremen library posts. Wow, you guys are doing a ton of stuff at the Bremen library. Uh, it's pretty amazing all the all the activities and stuff that you guys are putting on, not just week to week, but almost day to day, isn't it? It's something that I would say that we kind of pride ourselves on. Um, programming is something that I believe when, if we were to compare ourselves to similar size libraries, uh, we go above and beyond what we do would be what you would find in a medium sized library or even a larger library system. And that's where I started off kind of getting my feet wet in the library world. And so having that perspective of seeing what can be done, what you can put on the calendar, uh, it's been fantastic having a staff that buys into the mission, the beliefs that I do, and we really try to roll something out for everybody. We think about all ages, uh, from our children's department to our YA, the teens, uh, to our adults. Uh, libraries are lifelong learning, and we want to make sure that while we are books and we are very proud of promoting that literacy and the message behind it. We also want to make sure that we're providing services and programs to people uh, where you're not having to pay, where you can come in, you can learn, you can be entertained. And we feel that we do that really well. I think that, I think you touched on something very, very important right there. Uh, the library is that place that you can go where you don't have to worry about uh, whether you can financially you know, go or hold a, uh, uh, you know, a pass, a season pass or something to that effect, you can go and, and have all of the experiences of the library and the things that it offer, you know, at a, at a budget, you know, basically a budget friendly uh, family who needs that. I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. You, you hit on it uh, very well. Uh, when people come in the door, there are no expectations that we're asking of anyone. Uh, people that can um, come in, you may use the library how you see fit. So people that are coming in, they are browsing for either themselves or their family. Um, they're getting on computers. They're using our databases, looking for jobs. 
um, coming to meeting spaces where they're gathering with other people in the community. Uh, we offer everything from chess tournaments to trivia nights, lots of arts and crafts programs. Um, we try to keep a finger on the pulse of uh, things that are new, trends that are happening. Uh, so that way we can introduce things for everyone, whether we're teaching something or we're entertaining. Uh, we're always looking at what works, what doesn't work, how can we refine things. And it is, you, you mentioned day-to-day. -day. We, we really almost do have something on the calendar every day. Uh, we fill it up every week with special events, uh, but it is a constant work in progress. Right. Yeah, and you can never take your foot off the gas. No, you don't want to ever become complacent in what you're doing. Right. We want to make sure that every day we're rolling out the best effort that we can give, giving people a fantastic experience that they can remember us by. And from my from my uh, look around and, and what, what I've watched even on the um, uh, Bremen Public Library Facebook page, you have got a great staff that uh, that just looks like they are pedal to the metal with all the things that they're doing and creating to make those experiences for your for your uh, community even better. Yeah, it begins and ends with your staff. Right. Uh, if if people come up to me and say that I'm doing well, well, I'm doing well because of my staff. Everybody works in tandem. Um, we're all puzzle pieces that come together uh, to try to give that finished product. And we certainly couldn't achieve the types of things that we do achieve if everybody wasn't buying in to what we're trying to do. Uh, so I am very blessed. Um, one of the things I tell people is um, a lot of times if you go into a business, sometimes you'll look around and you'll see employees and they don't seem very happy. And maybe it's just a bad day or maybe they're in a job where it's not really what their passion is. They're there because they need to put foot on the table. Um, they need to make sure that ends are being met. And um, that's very admirable that, that they're doing that and so right. providing yep. for the family. One of the things I think that you can see in libraries, and I'm going to be very biased here, obviously, <laughs> but I, I go into a whole lot of libraries in my travels. And when I walk into these buildings, invariably, you see people smiling. Uh, the staff seems genuinely very happy to be there. And it's important when I sit down and I do interviews, you're trying to find the chemistry of people that are going to fit in your building because uh, contrary to popular belief, and I know this is going to shock you, uh, but we don't sit around reading all day. <laughs> Something that we we hear, you know, what do librarians do? They They sit around and they just read and they wait for people to walk in the door. Well, uh, that's not the case. And, you know, you've seen it, taking a look at the calendar, following us on social media. And in order to do those types of things, uh, you have to continue to put yourself out there and you have to have a staff that is talented and excited about the types of things that you can bring to your community. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I can I can say that about uh, the Golden Mojo Entertainment family, the, the exact same thing. They're excited to do and to help move on uh the progress of uh, of the business itself and uh so yeah i i understand that 100 percent. it's good to have people around you and with you that uh, are willing and enjoy what they do for sure 
So let's let's uh, let's veer off the library for just a, just a smidge. Um, let's talk about you and your journey to where you are today. Now, like I said, you are the director of the of the Bremen Public Library, but you actually worked there before you got the director job as the uh, young adult librarian. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, you know, my life path, like I, probably most people's, is not that straight line from start to finish. Um, you start heading in one direction, and then you come to all of these different forks in a road, and different things pop up in your life, and uh, you make decisions that you hope are the best. And uh, so my journey has been very interesting, but you are correct that uh, coming here to Bremen um, as, as the actual very first young adult librarian oh, nice. uh, in the library's history. And uh, for me, uh, I, I feel really good about what I was able to establish coming here and starting off in that role. Um, for a very long time, uh, it seemed that libraries were not necessarily neglecting middle school and high school students, but most of the emphasis was either on the children's department, the really young ages, or trying to reach people later in life as adults. And these sixth grade through 12th grade demographic were falling through the cracks. And uh, sometimes it's hard to get high schoolers to come back into the library. And it's not because they, most of the time, it's not because they don't like the library. They were probably library users as children. Right. But once you get into high school, all of a sudden you have so many different things competing for your interest. You know, you have the, the workload that you have in school, plus you're in clubs and sports activities, you're dating, you've taken on a part-time job and the library just falls further down on that pecking order of interest. And me coming here in, in that YA role is uh, how can we bring them back into the fold? So that way, when they do have pockets of time, they say, Hey, look what the library is doing. And right. we've been able to, to, I was able to get a foundation of that built. And then once I moved into the director position, um, we've had great people move into the role. We have a fantastic young adult librarian here and uh, we haven't missed a beat and it continues to grow into what we're providing into this community. So um, I'm really pleased to be here in Bremen. It's a fantastic uh, place to, for people to live and, and raise a family. And uh I'm coming up on seven years. March the 1st will be seven years uh, at Bremen Public Library. Well, congratulations. Seven-year anniversary. That's amazing. Yes. I love that. Well, let's talk about what a couple of things that you've done in the past before you actually came to Bremen. Um, I'm looking. Uh, okay. Let me let me start with let me start with the 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 kind of the nearest one. Uh, you worked at Red Rock Canyon in Las Vegas. Yes. Can can you elaborate on that a little bit? What what is Red Rock Canyon? Now I know of Red Rock in Denver, the amphitheater uh, that you know that is on my bucket list of things that I need to do before the end of days. But uh, this is in Las Vegas. Can you can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. So um, you know, for people who have never been to Las Vegas. Uh, what you're going to think of is the strip and the casinos. Right, right. Obviously so. Uh, I think that for some people that even visit the city, that's what it is to them. It's going, it's gambling, it's the entertainment, it's the nightlife. Uh, 
But if you venture out past the strip, it's a town like any other town. You know, <laughs> there are grocery stores and post offices. Lots uh, of Dollar Generals. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All of those things. Las Vegas is a very beautiful city. Uh, sits in a valley, and it's surrounded by mountains. And so it's it's very majestic if you like to get outdoors and hike and mountain bike and rock climb. And I was very fortunate in being out there. Uh, I've long had a passion for the environment, uh, for conservation work. And I happened to apply at, um, it's Red Rock Canyon is a national conservation area. And so I applied to work there as an interpretive naturalist. And that is someone who uh, will take people out on hikes of the area, the the conservation area is just about 200,000 acres. And so plenty of places to go out and explore, to go up into the mountains, the change of elevation. We would talk about the history, the geology, uh, meteorology that you will find in the desert, uh, animals, plant life, you name it. And it was just a fantastic experience for me to get out in the field and be able to um, explore all of these things that sometimes we take for granted. You know, every right. day we walk outside and you just, oh, the sun's going to rise and the stars are going to be there. Uh, it's, it's really important for us to take a time uh, just to take it all in and what we are surrounded by. So I would say for those people that uh, either have been to Las Vegas or have not been, uh, set aside some time, move away from the Strip, get out, explore the natural beauty. Uh, I promise you that you uh, will not be let down. Right on, right on. Um, so is that something that you brought back with you after left that? Do you still like to go hiking and biking and all that stuff in uh, in Northern Indiana then? I am uh, chomping at the bit for warmer weather. <laughs> I think we start to go a little bit stir crazy uh, through that perma cloud that arrives somewhere in sometimes November and then sits there uh, could be all the way till May. Yeah. But, uh, certainly this year has been much different. We've had a very mild February, uh, but I'm ready to get out there. And yeah, certainly Indiana has plenty of great places to get out and um, you just climb in your car and you don't have to drive too far. And pretty soon you're in a forest or woods and right places to get out and just in, enjoy nature. We, uh, we actually uh, started doing that a little bit more last year. Uh, obviously, um, if you could tell by this physique, I am not really much of an exercise, you know, <laughs> kind of guy, but we got out last year and did uh, a little bit of hiking and, you know, tried to get back in and, and see, uh, see nature a little bit closer, like what you were talking about and just kind of taking it all in. And, and we are definitely looking forward to doing a little bit more of that this year and, and just getting out to some of these great places. Uh, you know, we did uh, the Wabash area with Salamone and, and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to all that. So I, I know exactly what you're saying, man, chomping at the bit for the warmer weather to get back out and just enjoy so soaking up some of that vitamin D from the sun, man. I'm totally missing out on that, but yeah. So I know, I know exactly where you're going with that. Uh, before you went out to Las Vegas, you uh, were an educator and zookeeper at Potawatomi Zoo. Yeah, that was, uh, I was coming right out of college 
Um, you know, I mentioned that uh, having that real passion for the environment. And um, one of the things that I was really hoping to do after finishing school was uh, to be a park ranger, uh, to get out there and work in a national park. And, you know, what is there anything too much better than your office being that outdoor natural <laughs> world, uh, breathing the fresh air, not being confined to a small room or to a desk. And um, so, yeah, I wanted to go out there and be in part of the national park system and thought, what is, what are some of the ways that I can give myself some practical experience that's going to be valuable to me? Um, and uh, it happened to be an opening in the education department at Potawatomi Zoo. And I thought, well, animals are a, a huge part of any natural setting. And uh, what's going to be better than actually working in a zoo where you are surrounded by animals from all over the world? Right, right. And that's going to be a great way for me to get some background experience and uh, was very fortunate to get hired there. I spent a year in the education department and running programs, classes, uh, doing outreach, going out, University of Notre Dame, taking things to them, going out to the local schools. And then after that year, there was an opening um, in the zookeeping portion of the zoo. And I thought, you know what? I, I've loved kind of being in front of people and talking, but I want to do some behind the scenes of working one-on-one -on -one with animals. That's going right. to build my experience factor much, much higher than just reading things in books or talking to people. And uh, so I spent two years working as a keeper, working as a swing keeper, which means I was able to spend time in all of the various departments in the zoo. So you're talking birds and reptiles, the amphibians, working with cats, primates, a little bit of uh, dabbling and a little bit of each. Great, great experience. And uh, I wholeheartedly applaud the work that is being done by zookeepers, by zoos. I know that uh, the stance of a lot of people and saying, boy, we, we, we need to let these animals go. They shouldn't be in zoos. Um, zoos are a necessity because of what has happened around the world. The habitats are, have been taken away and um, a lot of these animals would be extinct if not for the preservation efforts of zoos and the work that is being done to make sure that these animals can survive, that we can promote education to people um, that's what it's all about. I can tell you from working with a lot of people that are invested in, in the zoological field, their heart is huge. They care so much about these animals and providing them with as good of a life as possible. And, uh, also serving in that role of teaching people as they come into zoos about the importance of animals, about the importance of the environment and about, about the importance of habitats. Yeah. So, yeah. And you actually touched on my, that kind of next question is, do you, do you feel that, uh, you know, people will come along and say, uh, you know, they need to be out in natural habitat, but do, do you feel that they may have a, uh, a, just as good of a life or better being in that facility where they're being taken care of right down to the, to every need that they need, uh, and not having to deal with, uh, you know, what it's like out in, in the real quote unquote real world, but 
I would say, you know, ideally, it would be fantastic if we lived in a world where there was space enough for people and animals to coexist peacefully, and that the we wouldn't need a, a place like zoos. Right. But we know that that's not the case, and there's a lot of different reasons that go into that. Uh, but, and I would be very careful here in saying we need to to watch what we label as a zoo. So you want to look at something that is. Um, an accredited facility that um, is required to main, st maintain standards. And then there are places that do not have that. Right. And that's typically where you will see conditions um, that are not good, that the welfare of the animal is not taken into consideration. And um, I can tell you that the AZA zoos that I've gone into, I know what the, the policies and the guidelines that are put into place to make sure that these animals are taken care of, that they are being fed appropriately with the right diet, that they are making sure that uh, they have the best veterinary care that is out there, and that um, those zookeepers, which I touched upon, they have a lot of training, education, and expertise to try to bring um, enrichment to the to the lives of these animals. Um, again, it'd be great to have them out in the natural world. Uh, since we can't always have that, I know that that what zoos are doing um, is is fantastic work to giving lives, uh, to extending the lives for animals. You think about uh, out in the natural world where you're dealing with things like predators, right? Uh, that's the potential to shorten lives. So typically, life expectancy is going to be much higher. Um, it's a different experience for the animal, certainly, right? Yeah. Well, and and I know that Potawatomi in, in general has really amped up their um, facility as far as, you know, uh, rebuilds and getting getting a lot more uh, interaction and and just making that zoo a better zoo within, you know, with the last 10 years. They've been really focused on bringing that back to where, uh, you know, uh, to a high, high standard, I do believe. Um, me personally, I'm a, uh, I don't do Potawatomi a lot. I'm a big fan of the Fort Wayne children's zoo and what they do there. And they're always under construction for something, but, uh, but I, I love going to the zoos and I think we have a couple of the best right here in Northern Indiana. Yeah. You, uh, Fort Wayne children's zoo is fantastic. I had an opportunity to go and, and work there. And that's one of those where I was given different opportunities in life and say, what do you want to go down this path or this path? And, I didn't go down that road, but I can tell you, knowing people that have worked there or are, that are still there, it is a, a world-class zoo to go to, and we're lucky to have it in the state of Indiana, the things that they are doing there. Um, you're right. We, we don't have to travel far. You've got Toledo Zoo, which is very good. Indianapolis, you can travel up to Detroit. Um, you head over to Chicago, and you're going to get good experiences with Brookfield Zoo. Right. We're not far from, from these great institutions. I've heard good things about the St. Louis Zoo. I've yet to I've go yet to go check that one out, but that might be on my list one of these days is to uh, run down to St. Louis and go check out that one. I've heard it's a really good one too. Well, if if you ever want to do a sequel, we can do a podcast. Uh, if we want to talk about the zoos to explore, I could probably give you some great ones. If you uh, you can certainly get to St. Louis by car, that's not a problem. But if we're going to start talking about further things out to the coast probably going to have to get on a plane right right <laughs> <laughs> oh i love to fly 
not really but you know oh. <laughs> i'm not you know, i'm not against it but you know <laughs> i think one of the things too is um kind of like with libraries you're going to find that similar mindset of people that work in zoos where they're very happy to be where they are and just the passion that you have to have uh, to have occupations such as these yeah, uh, 100%. I don't think that you go into being a librarian or being a zookeeper with the expectation of I'm just here to collect a paycheck and, you know, and go home. Uh, you know, I think that uh, both of those jobs are jobs that uh, you are passionate about. And those are the ones that you wake up and are happy to go to every day. I think that's, a, you know, it really depends on the mindset of the person and what you're seeking out of life. And for me, it's always, no matter what I've done, it's boiled down to when I get to be at an age where um, I'm sitting on my porch and I'm looking back over the course of my life, I want to feel like I made a difference in some way. You know, what, right. what did I leave uh, to make things a little bit better? And I feel like the stops that kind of made along the way, uh, I, I can be proud of that work. Uh, it's Sometimes these are fields where you're not necessarily going to make the amount of money to live a lavish Hollywood style right. type yeah. of existence, uh, <laughs> but you can be very comfortable uh, depending on how you climb up the ladder and the types of things that you're willing to do, or if you're willing to move, that's going to be a really big one. Uh, but for me, it's, it's the dollar component is only one aspect of a job. It's, that fulfillment that you're getting out of coming home every day and looking back over the course of the day and, and feeling good about the stock of what you put in. Right. Yeah. I, I you know, uh, I think it's been a long, long standing uh, comment that, uh, you know, if you don't love what you do, then what's the point of doing it? You know, if you don't, if you come home and you just hate what you've done all day long and you dread going back in every day, then why, why torment yourself that way? You know, is it just about the money or, you know, is there, there's always something else out there and there's always a way to go and find the passion uh, of what you want to do, whether it be a librarian or whether it be a podcaster or a musician or whatever the case may be, you know, there's ways to make money at all these things. And if you want to do them bad enough, then you'll make that happen and you know it, it's life's too short to hate what you do day to day way too short right and certainly i would say no matter does what no matter what it is that you choose to do do it to the best of your ability and that's kind of what it boils down to right right exactly all right let's double back a little bit some of the uh some of the things that uh that uh, the library has done uh, I noticed that you, uh, for Halloween, you guys had a full dress up this year. Were you a, 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 a dark Lord Sith in, in that one picture? <laughs> You've really gone and done a nice job of combing through photos. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, um, I've never been opposed to putting on a costume, uh, to try to further that mission. Right seeking to accomplish uh i don't know necessarily if a lot of library directors continue to do that once they reach that stage of their <laughs> career uh, i i have uh, 
yeah, I, I don't mind doing that. I, I will relish that opportunity, uh, whether it's it's putting on a fake beard or a wig. Uh, yeah, you just come find me and and it's not going to take a whole lot of convincing. <laughs> he loves to get down and and get, still get his get dirt under your fingernails and go have a good time with uh, with your staff. Is that, uh, that would be a good thing to say. That would. Yeah, absolutely. It's you're one of the team. Uh, programming for me is the lifeblood of what libraries do. And, uh, you know, if you want the community to be excited about what you're doing, you should be excited about it. They should be able to see that you're not just going through the, the motions of something. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I'm very happy to, to put on a costume or, um, you know, put me where you need me to be. So that way uh, we can kind of put faces with the staff, the types of things that we're doing. Well, and I think that that uh, uh, really shows how invested you are in what you're doing is, you know, a lot of people that, you know, have a director status that I've met in my past, they, you know, most of them are, are really cool, but a lot of them won't put themselves out there. And there's a photo of you all dressed up on, on the Bremen Facebook page, you know, and I think that, that just goes to show how how much you enjoy being a part of everything that's going on and you're willing to put yourself out there and and just have a good time. So I, I commend you on that, my friend. Uh, that's pretty awesome. You have to, and I know plenty of directors that would love to be able to do that, um, but other responsibilities get pulled and you're going in all these different directions. And so you have to uh, be selective about uh, the types of things that you're doing on an, on an everyday basis. Right. right. And, uh, I, I have to certainly pick and choose w with my time, but when the opportunity does present itself, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> He's all in. <laughs> go where, where I need it. <laughs> well, you said that uh, you have been uh, working there uh, seven years. How long have you been the director? So I became the director in uh, 2018. So it was here a little over two years in that young adult position uh, before becoming the director. So that brings me to my next question. And this is the big question. Well, I don't know how big it is, but uh, how did you work through the pandemic? Like everyone else, we <laughs> did so cautiously. Uh, <laughs> it was an experience that, that there was no playbook that you could look into and say, oh, well, these are the right steps to take. You're navigating through these uncharted waters. What was very beneficial for us is uh, there is an organization called the Indiana Library Federation, and we would have regular meetings where you would have directors throughout the state of Indiana, and you're meeting and you're talking about uh, the issues that you're facing, uh, how are you still able to maintain certain services? Are you still having programming? How can you do so safely? Right. And you're all figuring it out together. And you're also relying on the day-to-day -day information that we were all uh, given. You're watching the news. You're listening to uh, authorities, experts in the field. Uh, just trying to make informed decisions as best as possible. Uh, I was very pleased. Again, I, I can't say enough good things about the staff. 
that uh, we would sit down and talk and figure out what can we do, what's realistic to what we can do. And um, you just take it day by day. And uh, over that course of the period, you're able to roll things out. You try to move back to normal as, as best as possible. Right. But we were never in it alone. Uh, and not just as libraries, just as humans, we were not in this alone. We were looking to one another, trying to uh, think about the other person. How do we keep you safe? How do we bring you into the building uh, where it's not exacerbating an issue? We were all just figuring it out one step at a time. And that goes even for, uh, were you guys checking books out at that time or was, uh, uh, and what was the protocol to, to uh, bring those books back into the library? Yeah, we, we had the six weeks that were closed. That was the governor's mandate at the very right beginning where everything got shut down. Uh, we were still, staff was still coming into the building. Uh, we divvied ourselves up because very early in the pandemic, you were trying to limit that exposure to one another, even right. just one other person. We put ourselves in these little pods, groups of people, so that way we were not all in the same building at the same time. Right. And we would kind of do the behind the scenes things that the public doesn't see us doing and getting books ready and cataloged. Uh, so we were doing all of that. And then after that six weeks period of time, it was an incremental process of adding things in. And that first thing was, well, we if we can't get people into the building to be able to walk around, how can we still get books to them? Well, you, you've got the e-resources. Right. So if you've got yourself a phone or a tablet, you can get that. But a lot of people want that physical book in hand. So we had a, what was called a curbside service where people could either call in or go on the computer, look at the catalog and see what we had, request those items. We would go then into the collection, pull the items, put their name on it, put it out in the lobby. Uh, people could come in and then be able to get those items and then bring them back when they were done. We had a quarantine period, again, going by what uh, was the information that was being given to us in terms of the virus and its sustainability on surfaces. Um, it's an airborne situation, but then once it lands on a book, uh, is there potential for a contagion there? Well, right. we found out that it was very, very low. Uh, things that you could do to help would be to set the item aside for a period of time so that way any remnants of the virus would die off. So we were following uh, what that medical community and what science was showing and really just trying to take every little step that we could to make sure that uh, before things were turned over to another patron, it was very safe to do so. Right on, right on. Yeah, I imagine that was quite the uh, quite the uh, or, ordeal trying to make sure that everything was safe and clean and and yet you're still being able to get the, your guys' product out to people who wanted it. Oh, man. See, I worked in the medical community during all that. So you know how that that was just a crazy, crazy uh, uh, experience all the way around. So we are actually still wearing masks inside of our hospital. So, I mean, it has not stopped. We're still taking all those precautions. So it's pretty crazy that, uh, but it makes sense. I mean, obviously, this is the place where people go when, when they're sick and they still have 
whatever version of, of COVID is, is still coming around. But yeah, it was the whole scenario is quite intense. It's pretty interesting to hear you talk about how you guys had to go through all those meetings and, and really the same that we did in the medical community about going through and making sure that the people that are coming in and out are safe and, and all that. It was a lot of steps from that very beginning of being closed to offering kind of the basics or minimal service that we could uh, with the curbside and then uh, slowly opening the building up uh, where you would be so many hours of the day, so many people, the capacity of how many people you could have in the building. Uh, it wasn't something where you could really linger and spend a lot of time in the building. We were encouraging to kind of come in, find what you need, um, get on the computer for a limited portion of time and, and what right. have you. And it was just over uh, that period of months moving into over a year where you just look at it, assess and say, okay, where, where is it safe uh, to start taking that next step? And uh, we were fortunate, I suppose, in being a small library in a, in a town that um, Bremen is about 5,000 residents. Our serving population is just under 9,000 that we could probably move through these steps a little bit quicker than a very large city with the populations that you're dealing with that are into the tens of thousands of people. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine uh, the big cities and what those guys had to go through compared to a uh, little small town. And once again, medical community that I'm in is a smaller town. I can't, uh, can't uh, argue with that at all. <laughs> so um, let's see. I got, I got a few more questions. Uh, it's, it's actually pretty, uh, pretty basic stuff. Uh, like I told you, uh, we're, we're actually recording this episode, uh, the end of February, it probably will not come out until about May, which will be past this next question. Um, and I guess, uh, I just want to say, uh, congratulations. April is uh national library, uh, month. If I'm, if I'm correct. And is April 21st national library workers day. Does that sound about right? Well, I can tell you that uh, you're, you're touching on something that I absolutely love. I can feel myself getting really giddy <laughs> <laughs> because we have made, um, we talk about April when we talk about moving into the spring um, as we move towards summer. Um, National Library Week is something that we have turned into um, a spectacle, if you will. And uh, we take every day, we, we've, we've actually gone out now for several years, and um, we get costumes. We find lots of things that are uh, characters that are relevant that people are going to recognize. Um, and we will spend the week going out into the schools and putting on little performances, skits, um, meeting with just hundreds into the thousands of people to spread the word of libraries, why libraries are very relevant in the world that we live in. Uh, we try to get more uh, library cards in the, the hands of people that don't have them. We go to businesses. Uh, we go out in these costumes down to the park. Uh, you name it, tennis courts. I remember one year <laughs> We got um, on, we had two of the characters on a tandem bicycle. 
I remember being uh, in the back of a convertible one year. Um, there was these characters called Elephant and Piggy, and I was Elephant, and the head uh, was ginormous. And I'm sitting in the back of this convertible, and we're driving down the road, and I could feel that between the motion of the car and the wind, that my head was being pulled off of the the body. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think I'm holding on as tightly as possible because one way to surely traumatize somebody is to look over and see an elephant in the back seat of a vehicle <laughs> and then the costume head come flying off. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> so the things that we go go to, the lengths that we go uh to promote libraries uh as part of that, you know, not just National Library Workers Day, but National Library Week. Uh, we do things all throughout the course of the month to really just kind of hammer home the point of what libraries can do for you uh, in a world that is full of misinformation. Libraries are still that place to go to where you can count on the people that are working there that are going to be diligent in the research that they do to help you um, figure out the, the maybe the issues or the problems that you're facing, the complexities of where you're trying to get an answer what uh, we pride ourselves. That's what librarians do. And it becomes tougher and tougher in a society where uh, people want information quickly, but they don't realize that sometimes information that comes quickly is not accurate. Right, it, right. It may take us a little bit more time, but we want to make sure that what we're giving you is honest and trustworthy. Yeah, because you know you can believe everything you get on the internet. Oh, it's, <laughs> I think I saw a meme I've seen a meme or two uh, about that. <laughs> if it came from the internet, you know it's it's the truth. Uh, once again, like I said, this episode will not drop until uh, beginning in May. Can you tell us uh, if you if you maybe you don't have a schedule out and you're maybe you guys are still working on it since we're still early in the year? Uh, what you guys have got kind of planned out for? Uh, uh, events uh, coming into the the summer and fall for the Bremen Public Library. Well, um, how much time do we have left? Hey, we have all <laughs> the time in the world. Yeah, it's uh, because of the fact that we do hang our hat on that uh, what that programming that we're able to provide the community. I would certainly encourage uh, everybody to um, go to our website bremen.lib.in.us. Um, and just make sure that you're following that calendar and seeing the things that we're doing weekly, because uh, we do have things that are all planned out for the rest of kind of the spring. But as you said, this, by the time this airs, those programs will have come and gone. Right. So, um, summertime is going to be, when I talk about national library week, which we turn in uh, to a month long of all these different activities. We do the same thing when we get into summer reading. So we have summer, what's called summer reading program. And June and July, we take eight weeks. And this is a fantastic opportunity when you have um, kids that are out of school, when you have people that are taking vacations. Instead of having that window of time where maybe you can only come into the library in the evening once you get off of work and right. kids are out of school. Once that day opens up a little bit more and you've got more uh, free time, we make sure we're targeting that as a library. So once we open up all throughout the course of the day, you're, you're going to see just a plethora of activities 
that are taking place, not just within the four walls of this building, but what we realize is that not everybody can make it into the building. And it's imperative for us to say, how can we get outside of these four walls to take library services to different corners um, of not just Bremen, but getting out into Marshall County and beyond. Right. And that's where you'll see us taking place at lots of different events. And we'll take that summer reading program message and, and get out to where we can. So people that can come and visit us in those places. Uh, so please, certainly for people, go ahead and make sure that you're circling June and July. Um, we're going to be doing, um, uh, and this is going to kind of go back to my roots of thinking about the environment, but we're doing a theme that is centered on the outdoors, the great outdoors. And uh, so you're going to see lots of things, uh, backpacks and hiking, uh, wild animals. We're going to take those elements. We're going to bring them into the decorations of the things that you see within this building. Um, you'll see, this will be shocking, but you'll see lots of people dressing up in different things. <laughs> Again, taking the opportunity uh, to dress up in the costumes, uh, us going out to different places. And then certainly as we move into the fall, once uh, people kind of return back to the normalcy of life, we have really big things. We have, um, as we move into August and September, where we have national uh, library card sign up. And that's a, another way. How do we get more of those library cards in, in the hands of people? Right. I can't tell you the power that you get from a library card. Just so much access that you're getting for free. And uh, once we move into October, you have what's called Teentober. And it's oh. taking what used to just be a handful of days where you were doing these special events really targeted for those young adults. It's turned into a month long extravaganza and uh, at Bremen public library, another one of those things that we really were circling. I can tell you that our young adult librarian, he's already been working on teen Tober. He's well ahead of that curve <laughs> by the time it rolls around. It's just week to week lots of things to, uh, for people to be able to do. Uh, uh, so follow the, follow the library, follow us on social media. You can get us on Facebook and Instagram to see we're, we're very active in those regards, putting pictures out that the types of things that we're doing. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you right now, uh, it's facebook.com slash Bremen public library. I, uh, I've spent my morning, uh, actually looking through, uh, to be honest, I was absolutely amazed. I mean, of all of the amount of photos and stories that uh, were on there for just the month of February. I mean, there is just a ton of uh, posts and stuff like that for you guys to read through pictures of pictures of the the Bremen community and the people that come to the library and do these uh, programs. Um, once again, uh, I'm looking through and there is my son, his wife, Jess, and my two grandkids sitting in the tub, uh, for finishing one of the, uh, the reading programs. I mean, nothing makes you, nothing makes you happier than seeing your own family on, on the website. Uh, I was pretty, I was pretty proud at that point. <laughs> Yeah, we, the, the bathtub is very popular. <laughs> it's a good spot <laughs> for people. And we always get people that have not been into the library before. What's with the bathtub? Yeah, well, it's, it's perfect. I love it. Yeah, you don't, the great thing, you can go into all these different libraries and you're going to see something that's novel and unique. 
Um, I started my career in the library world up at St. Joe County Public Library, a phenomenal library system. And uh, we are really, really blessed to be um, in an area where you're a stone's throw away from just fantastic institutions. Right. We are re- I'm really proud of our neighbors that we've, we're surrounded by. We've got Mishawaka and Napanee and Plymouth, Culver, Bourbon, Argus, just all around these wonderful libraries, wonderful people that work there that are doing that similar work of making sure that um, they're putting education and entertainment out there for people and, and just spreading the word of what libraries can do for you. Right, right. Well, uh, for those watching on YouTube, you'll see behind Chris this amazing green screen wall that they are working on. And uh, you are actually coming from the library inside the maker's room. Close, yeah. Okay, all right. (laughs) I didn't even know until you said this about it appearing on YouTube. I just thought this was the sound recording. Oh, no, we we got you. We got you, dog. I got you. What am I looking at most of the time? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Um, As part of the renovation, which we have recently, well, we're wrapping it up. We're we're at the very tail end of it. And uh, so I would certainly tell those people, if you either have not been to the the Bremen Public Library in a long time, or if you've never been, this is a great time to come because we spent a long period of time in effort to upgrading this facility. We renovated the existing building, and we also expanded. So we've got a bigger library, a more modern library, and as part of the efforts, well, we have two dedicated what are called makerspace rooms. So I am sitting in one of them, and yes, with the green wall, perfect uh, to come in if you've got a project where um, you want to do something where you're filming and putting a special backdrop in place, this is going to be the room to do it. Um, off to the side here, which you can't see, we've got guitars. There's a turntable. Um, if you like Garage Band and you want to come in here and do some of your recording, um, we actually want to do some podcasting. Uh, it's something that I've seen in other libraries where they will either have their own library podcast or they will have space for people to be able to come in and do their own recording of podcasts. So, I'm probably going to pick your brain at some point in time uh, to see about how we can get that in place. We've got an on-air sign that we've been, been waiting to use. <laughs> we've got that on-air sign forever. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, this is a, a fantastic room. It's We're thrilled. Makerspace is something that you're going to see in a lot of libraries taking advantage of getting people in and being very hands-on right. with things. And that's what we want people to do. It's um, There's lots of things that we roll out that are passive that people can come in and do, but there's also lots of things that are very active oriented. And um, what I love about what we've achieved in this library is we are a small library, but we're offering different types of programs that you won't necessarily see in a small library. Right. Or you may see them on a very, very small scale. And uh, what we're trying to do here is something that you would find in larger libraries that you don't have to travel necessarily as far to be able to take advantage of that technology. You can do that right here. 
Yes. Uh, for starters, whenever you're ready to uh, get that podcasting thing rolling, give me a shout. Uh, I actually need to come up there. I, w- I want to see the rooms. I've been trying to get up there for uh, for weeks now to come up and see these these spaces and uh because uh, alicia has been been really talking them up and she's really excited about them but when the time comes and you're ready and uh i i'm we'd be thrilled to come up and talk to you about what i know about it and and help in any possible way that i can for sure that would be phenomenal because pod you know we think about libraries are always looking at avenues how can you find a different medium to reach people right we've known we've seen what podcasting has done and the explosion uh, that people, they will come in and they already, you can talk to somebody and they know this is my favorite podcast. This is what I listen to. Yep. We want to kind of take advantage of that if we can. Yep. I 100% agree. So yeah, whenever you're ready, give me a shout. I'll, uh, I'll be happy to help in any possible way that I can. So, all right, Chris, I have one more question for you. Okay. And this is, this is a doozy. This is one that you may have to stop, pause, and think about for a minute. What's it like working with Alicia? Why? (laughs) You know, because she is part of the Golden Mojo uh, Entertainment family uh, with uh, the Murd Nerds and and her work with uh, the United States of Paranormal. Uh, And we love Alicia, but I just got to ask, what's it like working with Alicia? (laughs) <laughs> One of the things that you will get get from me is is I am very transparent, and uh, so I, I'm going to give you the lowdown on Alicia. I hope you're ready for it. Okay, I'm setting. Hold on, let me get. I'm secure. All right, okay. let's do this. Buckle yourself. All right, I'm in. in the um, Alicia has been phenomenal. She is a a really not just a great library person, but um, is the type of person that you would want to get to know just as a friend, uh, as, as a person, as a human person. Um, she has brought such creativity to the position. She, for those people that uh, are listening and, and don't know Alicia, uh, but uh, she has come in here and worked in our children's department um, but has not been limited to just the children's department right, you can right. see throughout the building and the influence of things that she is doing. But she has such a bubbly personality. Uh, her talents are off the charts and the types of things that she can do and design. Uh, you go into our children's room and look around and you're going to find something that she's put together, whether it's a display. Um, she's been um, and when this airs, it will be uh, done and over with, but we are bringing back the Bremen Tea Parties, and that probably won't mean anything to you. Uh, the Tea Parties is something that spans back decades in the Bremen community, and with COVID, it went, unfortunately, had to be on the back burner. We couldn't have those large-scale gatherings, and this is the first year in three years that we're going to have the Tea Parties again, and Alicia has been hard at work sitting down and putting so many of the different elements together, it's going to be just off the charts. Uh, We couldn't be prouder of of the work that she is doing here. And I'm really excited to see uh, how she grows in the library field and where she decides to go, because certainly the possibilities are endless with her. She's going to go as far as she wants to go. Right, right. I yeah I agree. But Alicia is is amazing. Uh, She has that personality that you're drawn to. 
you know, you just want to uh, be around her because it's always a, it's always a lot of fun. She's she's fun loving. She's she's a caring person. And uh, and yeah. And the only reason I, I, you know, joke around with her about that, because I have been with her for the last the last year or so working on on the uh, Golden Mojo stuff. And uh, she's been amazing. And and I'm happy to see her love what she's doing so much. And she truly does love being at the library and doing all those things and i see it in her every every time i talk to her so all right chris thank you thank you thank you so much for all for all of your time this morning i so much appreciate it and i i look forward to actually meeting you in person because i'm going to make a trip up there to see those rooms i just now that i've seen that green screen uh uh man i'm so attracted to green screens i don't know why I tried to get into Ball State's green screen room, but I could never make it happen because they have the second largest green screen in the world. Second to only one that's in Japan. And I could never get in that room. And it drove me nuts for eight years that my kids were going to Ball State that I could not get in that room. (laughs) You know, if, and the, the people listening, or now that I know that uh, we have the the visual, people that are watching, um, <laughs> don't know that what you and I, when we were talking before the podcast recording started, was um, I wasn't even in this room. I was in a different room, and Zoom was not launching on that <laughs> computer. <laughs> so I'm scrambling around and uh, happened to come in here. So I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did. I love it. That's what takes to get you into the building. I know, right? Well, yeah, it just it just takes me uh, getting off uh, uh, what I'm doing here when the podcasting world to to make the evening when I can get up there and just come up and hang out and and see uh, see all these great activities and things that you guys are doing. It sounds amazing. yeah, like I said, facebook.com slash Bremen Public Library. And you guys have a website, right? Yeah, you can find us on the website. Um, and just if you go into your favorite search engine, uh, you can just type in Bremen Public Library. Uh, make sure you get the one here in Indiana, though, because we do get phone calls uh, from uh, people that are looking for the Bremen, Georgia. Oh, wow. And, uh, we, we usually pick up pick up on it pretty quickly with either there'll be an accent, a southern accent <laughs> and, or they'll ask about something and we'll have to be like, Oh, I think you mean the Bremen public library um, in Georgia. Yes. Uh, so make sure when you're scoping us out and you, if uh, doing that hunting and pecking that you have the one here in uh, Bremen, Indiana. Right. On. Find. Yes. <laughs> All right. Chris, thank you. I'm going to do some plugs here real quick and uh, bear with me. It'll only take a couple minutes. So uh, thank you everybody for listening to the golden image podcast. If you, if you like, uh, like what you hear, let us know. Uh, golden mojo ENT at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us uh, at all your favorite streaming sites and all of our social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or all that stuff. And if you like Golden Image Podcast, you might like some of the other uh, podcasts that we have on the Golden Mojo Entertainment Network of Podcasts, which include the Call Guys with Gunner and Colton every Monday where they talk pop culture, whether it be DC, because Colton loves DC, or he doesn't really. Sorry, Chris. He doesn't really like DC at all. (laughs) That's how I gouge at Colton. Uh, 
you know, uh, top five lists or whatever they're talking about that week. It's uh, it's always a great show to listen to. Of course, Tuesday's Golden Image podcast. On Wednesdays, it is the United States of Paranormal, where we travel all over the United States between two teams, Team Boozers and Team Tejas, and bring you some of the scary stories of hauntings, possessions, whatever the case may be. We try to We try to get out there and do as much research on it and bring you some really cool stories. Also, then on Thursdays, uh, they're in hiatus right now, but it is the Indiana Chiefs fans podcast where Chico, myself, and the Chief discuss the Kansas City Chiefs and what's going on preseason all the way through the Super Bowl. Because let's face it, they're going to go to the Super Bowl again next year. And then on Fridays, it is the Murderers with Ashley and Alicia. And of course, I, me, Golden Jay, hanging out with them as they talk true crime in the United States. Or you can listen to the other podcast that comes out on Friday. It's called A Court of Books and Booze. That is where the Skywalker, Jessica, and Amanda sit down and review whatever book they're reading at, at that moment uh, right now, they've been going through the throne of glass series by Sarah J Moss, which uh, if you haven't uh, read that, I I'm in the middle of it right now. It's pretty amazing. So uh, yeah, it is your basement book club. So every Friday, a court of books and booze. Well, every other Friday, a quarter books and booze. Sorry. So go check out all those podcasts on the golden mojo entertainment network of podcasts. And uh if you have any questions, goldenmojoent at gmail.com. Hit me up. I love talking to our listeners. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, telling the stories. And um, like I said, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm ready to meet you in person. I need to come up there and just come up and hang out and and uh, see the place. And and because I I can't remember the last time I was there. I kind of spent my time roaming the streets of Bremen when I was a young kid. So I can't remember the last time I was actually in the library. I'm excited to see the expansions and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna come meet you in person and, and come check out these rooms and just, just, uh, enjoy the library for an, an evening. So, but I thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you uh, for having me on and certainly invite anybody that's listening. Um, want to come out, certainly reach out and uh, we'll take you through the tour, show you what, what we have. And uh, we would consider it a, a blessing. Right on. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. So uh, I'll see you again in a couple of weeks later. Oh, I finally got a crap this game. Rock on!